1: Hello and welcome to the Gallant Few Rangers podcast. My name's Mason shirt, and I'll be your host for another Premier League show. With me tonight, we are starting with Graham. How are you, Graham?
2: Yeah, I'm good, Mason. Thanks for, for having me on. Um I always enjoy a, a Monday getting to talk about football. So yeah, looking, looking forward to talking about a few of the a few of the incidents and goings on the, the past week.
1: There's always, there's always stuff to talk about in the Premier League, and it? I know it's not a, a full fixture list uh, this weekend, but there's just so many talking points. I feel like we say that sort of every week. But also tonight with us, we've got Jamie as well. And no game for you boys this weekend. So a uh, nice little break.
3: A good 17 days off. Um, however, um, there's still so much going on in the Premier League, which, as you said, it's kind of like, even with only like, half a list, there's still so much to talk about in, in the games that actually did happen. And it's not even just about results, it's about things that are happening inside games, which is absolutely mental right now. But yeah, uh, 17 days off until we come back on April the 1st against the lovely Man City. So, countdown is on.
1: Oh, what a game that will be. Um, <laughs> look forward to that one. These, these international breaks, I absolutely despise them. I don't know if you boys feel any different, but I cannot stand it. But,
2: I, uh,
3: think it, I, uh, think it I think it can be, depend. Be, yeah, I think be, being English, living in Scotland, um, I'm not a big fan of the internationals. However, the tournaments is probably the only time I get switched on. Um, I, I do love um, a St. George's Cross flying in my back garden just to piss off the neighbours. Um, so... Uh, yeah, I, I don't really bother with the
1: internationals until it comes to tournament time. Really, what What about you, Graham? Are you an international man, big Scotland, big Scotland man. I think you know. Yeah,
2: yeah, well, I, I like to eat my country doing well. I think I'd be lying if I said uh, I didn't. And then the, the new top that's coming out. I, I don't think I've heard one person say it's not an absolute belt. And I'm talking about the most hardened Scotlanders. <laughs> I think I, I might be buying this top that's coming out. Uh, but no, obviously, like, it depends. See when your team's doing well. The international break's the last thing you want to see. Uh, if if your team's kind of up and down, it can be a kind of welcome break. It, it can definitely all depend. For me right now, I'd, I'd definitely rather not have it. Club over country, of course, I like think most oh. people are, but I, I definitely don't absolutely despise it like
1: some. No, it's just not not for me. I don't have a feeling towards England or, or Scotland internationally. So, uh, yeah, I'm just a bit, bit vanilla when it comes to international football. Boys, but um, we'll go we'll go back to the games uh, last week, um, just very quickly. Um, Brentford beat Southampton 2-0 away. Away from home again, Brentford continuing that that good that good form. Um and, and we'll touch on them a little bit later, as well as Southampton. We touched their games at the weekend. The other game that, that leads us on nicely, because we spoke about this um in depth last week. And then look what happens, Patrick Vieira gets the sack after Brighton beat Palace 1-0, Solly Marsh w- with a winner. Another game where Palace don't you Know really don't score, but, you know. First of all, don't score, but don't look like scoring. And um, it's not a derby, I'm not calling it. Out. I see one of the, the, the newspapers the next day saying Vieira sacked after derby defeat. Do me a favor, it's never a derby, but uh, it was a big, big, you know, big defeat for him. And uh, Graham, you called this, you, 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 uh, I hope you're calling a Saint Rangers related as well later on because you absolutely got his spot on, You got the sack. But what, what did you make of it? You obviously, obviously, not surprised by it
2: not at all look like, as as i said before you know steve parish texted me after the pod last week and just went <laughs> look graham uh what you've said is kind of you know it's made me realize it's tipped me back over i was and forth with it. um no look it was the writings on the wall I, I cannot believe the reaction to it i mean the run they were on was absolutely honking they hadn't they won one game since early November. Vincent Company, I found his comments a bit bizarre in terms of I pointed towards five decent teams they'd played in this long run and that they were overachieving. Like they, there's, there's one thing being 12th in the Premier League if you're 10 to 15 points off relegation to being 12th in the Premier League when between the bottom and 12th there's four points or something like that. Some would say Palace are overachieving. I do disagree. I think Palace have now been in the Premier League long enough. I think they are a staple of Premier League and should be as such, at, at, at worst I think they should be the, the kind of between that um, 11th and 10th kind of area, the mid-table, and I would, I would have thought that's what their fans would be expecting at this point in time, so I completely disagree with this overachieving shit. I think they've done the right thing Obviously, we'd spoke about what manager's coming in. Again, there's been a massive kind of... I get I get for some fans, going back to Roy Hodgson would be a dreadful shout. I think if you're looking for day interim to come in before the end of the season, where a potential manager is going to be available to take them forward, I, I don't think it's a terrible shout. I really don't. But of course, I'm not a Crystal Palace fan. And I guess I don't know the ins and outs of the relationship with them and Hodge and, and and how they feel about him from from the years he was there. From the outside looking in, I think it would be pretty astute, to be honest, to to have him till the end of the season safely keep them up and and then get somebody in that, that's going to take them forward.
1: No, no absolutely. And I think you are right, Graham. From sort of the outside looking in, that's all that's all you want is a manager to come in. Make sure you stay up, and then you look at you know a different project next season. But um, the, the reaction's been been mental, and but Hodgson didn't leave on bad terms at Palace. But I think like it got to the point where the fans just had enough; they wanted something different. Um, so they're not they're not taking it well. Jamie, what what's your thoughts on this? Are you, you got any differences to Graham? That were you surprised to see Vieira go?
3: Was I surprised? No. I think Graham called it, as you said, a couple of weeks. You know that run that they were on, it wasn't just about the points. It was about the fact that they weren't getting goals, they weren't getting shots. There was everything going against them. But I do believe there's a, there's another flip side to this, and and I'm not going to go for manager loyalty because there is no manager loyalty in the Premier League. But uh, Palace finished twelfth last season. Um, Palace are currently twelfth. The only big difference is that all the bottom teams there's not that gap, there's no safety net, which Graham obviously pointed out. So I so I understand where the nervousness comes from. I do believe Vieira had enough in him to for them to escape the drop. If you look at the remaining ten fixtures, eight out of the ten fixtures are about with teams that are below them currently. So that means they've you know and on on paper they've got the majority of the big teams or the big games out of the way. And if you look at some of those games, I'll, I'll take Liverpool as an example. It's not like they've been battered off any of the teams. They've actually, they've actually just not taken the chances, and and the other teams probably just came through it, um, winning one nil, two nils. Um, you know, it's not like they've been absolutely scunnered in a game. If anything, the game at the weekend was probably the first one where you're looking to just look at an absolute shell of themselves. Um, so I do believe that Vieira was trying to do something. I do believe, I think that's where the, the fan. The fan backlash at the moment is probably coming from is that they probably were looking at the fixtures and um, they're thinking of obviously well we've got harder the harder tri- uh, fixtures out of the way they've got eight out of the ten remaining fixtures of people below them you can see them getting points if you know if they just if the if and it's a big if if they were to string two games together the massively you know that 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 safety buffer is kind of there it's just who who flinches first and it's obviously Paris that flinches first. Um, I, I do believe bringing Roy back for uh, you know another team would be absolutely mental. The one thing I would probably say about it is, why get rid of Vieira before the Arsenal game, knowing you've got an international two a week after that. Surely you would give him the Arsenal game knowing full well what you were going to do, unless there'd been some kind of crazy fallout, which it doesn't seem like it has been, because Parish's press conference or Parish's statement was very commendable of Vieira. It doesn't seem like somebody would just been fired, if you know what I mean, the way you kind of give him a send-off. Um, so I do think that's a little crazy. It obviously shows that they got rid of him without a plan, which, again, we've seen... Before in this in, in this season that that's happened with Leeds, Southampton, where they've now scraping the barrel, and all of a sudden Roy Hudson's back on the on 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 the on the board. Um, Roy Hudson left; he got a send off when he left Palace. He also got a send off last season that when he when he left Watford, it was their last game. Who's going to come back for a third send off? I, I I just I, I, and that's what I mean, like. Games got massively valid points in terms of the fixtures and everything else. I do think there's another side to it though that it does seem a bit crazy at this time, at this point, to do what they've done.
2: Um I've got I've got I've got to say I, I, again <laughs> I don't understand where people are like, oh, he would have turned it around and he would have went in the run, even taking away the insane amount of games they hadn't even won in twenty twenty three. We talked about mm. them not scoring for however many games. But viera's managerial career isn't exactly unbelievable no, no. in its own right, anyway. I mean, just looking at the stats there, he had a, a win rate of 39% with Nice, and then he's in a win rate of 29% with Crystal Palace. I, I just don't understand where the confidence comes. Guy was one of the best uh, midfielders, um certainly in the, in the Premier League history, etc. What a player, unbelievable, achieved so much. But Sometimes it doesn't mean you, you cut it, and I just don't get why everyone was where everyone thinks and had the comments and say, I'll turn it around. Palace have done the best thing; um, they, they definitely have a core group of players that are good enough to stay up, and they'll be hoping for a for a new manager, bounce, whoever it is.
3: I think they were just getting players back. You know, Zaha has only just come back. Edward played at the weekend for the first time in probably about six weeks. So they, they, all the signs were there that they potentially could do something with it. But it's always a big effort, isn't it? And then the the one narrative that I have heard is that um, Vieira was too nice to the players. That you know, the hierarchy weren't seeing the desire. They weren't seeing anybody getting shouted at at half-time and stuff, which I kind of, you know, obviously everybody knows what Vieira's like as a player, um, but apparently as a manager, he's a completely different person and he's more about, um, you know, he's more about the the, the positivity. And I think, you know, some people um, within the backroom staff have probably highlighted that to Parrish as maybe an, an issue as a stumbling block. And that's where the... They've probably fallen out of love with Vieira to some extent. Um, I don't I don't necessarily see why odds should be in that person though either. That's, that's probably the bit I'm, I'm confused with. So, you know, whoever they're bringing in, um, it's going to be a tough job, but they are probably going to be one of the favourites now to get sucked in and probably get involved in that battle, not just purely for the fact they've got no manager at the moment.
1: I kind of look at it, and, and there's not an, an obvious standout. I know we've said this no. before about other sackings and you go up. I probably, apart from Daesh, to be fair, Evan, I think that was the one that we all sort of went, Yeah, that makes sense. You could see that see that happening. Maybe it should have happened a little bit earlier. Um, but with Palace, you know. Jesse got- Marsh
3: was shouted, out, shouted, his name was shouted earlier because apparently when they were looking at Vieira, they actually interviewed Marsh. Um, so whether they go back to that drawing board, I'd be very, very surprised
1: not not for me i'm not i'm not a fan of jesse marshall to be honest but then you know it's it's it's, i think anyone they got in i'd say the same thing you know Mm -hmm. gerard touted would would, if i was a palace fan you know take away being a ranger supporter if i was a palace fan and looked at it would i want gerard right now probably not probably not not without his backroom team as well that's that's gone you know his last two have gone gerard on his own I'd, i'd be worried i think palace are banging trouble uh anyway we said about Zaha and we always talk about Zaha but you said about Edouard there and Mateta they don't they're not goal scorers they're not players that are going to dig you out goals to get you out of trouble they're one goal every seven one goal every eight so I think Palace are going to really really struggle here to to be honest I think that their form um since the World Cup I think it's going to take a lot for them to, to stay up now whoever whoever comes in there um but we will we will we will go straight on to the Arsenal game then Graham um, on, on Sunday. Uh, well, I feel like we always start with Arsenal, but I, I wasn't going to tonight. But I think where, where they played Palace, it, it's only fair. Um, Arsenal winning 4 1. It's their 22nd win um, of the Premier League so far this season. Um, Saka again just looked, you know, he, he's absolutely flying at the moment. And uh, Mart- Martinelli as well. Um, you know, you think that that left. It was actually, I was actually saying over the weekend, I'm a, I'm a big fan of, of Smith Rowe but he's hardly kicked the ball this season because Martinelli's been, been that good. And yeah, I'm pleased with Martinelli as well because he's had a lot of injuries. But what did you make of Arsenal um, on Sunday?
2: Yeah, it's only right to start with Arsenal anyway. I mean, the top of the league can have been um, for, for most of the season. We'd spoke out them. They, they really look like they're, they're now turning it on, to be honest. There's a couple of, couple of big victories. Um, well, I mean, after Fulham, Away, but they're banging in the goals really consistently um across the board. I think it's it really is. I know I said it last week, but it's it's hard to see past Arsenal, and you've pinpointed a few other players. That a lot of them are right. I mean, really banging for him when you've got Pikah Sako, uh playing some of his best stuff. I mean, he is a he is a quality player. It's not just it's not just guys like him, like Zaka uh, pitching him with goals. He's obviously really important. The turnaround he's had for Arsenal is unbelievable from when he was walking off being booed however long ago that was, ripping his shirt off, etc., to, to being like such a vital player. Um that's that's the thing. If look obviously without without saying something obvious, if all your best players are performing, then it's gonna be really hard to stop and, and when you've got the quality that Arsenal do, I think I think we're now at the point where it's just going to take a lot to, to stop them. I think we're now past the point of luck and etc. They're getting some of the more important players back. Some of the players are banging form and and yeah, right now they I just don't see them being stopped.
1: No, I, I just I say it one week and then I watch Man City and I go, oh, I still think City have got something in and we'll, we'll, we won't talk about them this week because they didn't play, but. Um, us, you know, watching them, you know, in the Champions League, and then obviously, I know they played, you know, a, a lower opposition at the weekend in the FA Cup. But I just, I just think they're starting to, purr, you know, and, uh, But you can't knock Arsenal. You can't knock Arsenal. They, they, you know, just took t- dealt with it as they, as they have all season. Really, just game comes. You think, right, what's going to happen here? You're going to see a different Palace as well. Jamie, what, what was your thoughts on, on on the game on Sunday? And I know we've obviously touched on, you know. Palace not got, got a manager. It was always going to be a difficult game. I absolutely agree. I'm a bit surprised Vieira didn't didn't stay for this one just to sort of see this one out um, instead of a caretaker. You know, uh, someone that's been in the background anyway that's not going to have much of an impact. But um, you know, you, again, Arsenal just just you know tore them apart. Yeah, I I think you know like Graham said we would we, expect
3: an Arsenal now to win the games every single time. The one thing I do like about Arsenal is that. Every time we've given an option to doubt them, they've actually proved us wrong. And what I mean is like, um, you know, recently they they went out to the Europa League on Thursday and a lot of people were actually questioning whether this was going to be the start of the downfall. But they turned it on and put on one of the probably the best performances of the season. Um, They they, they lost Jesus at the beginning of the season. You wouldn't have guessed, you know, looking at how many goals they've scored across the team. You wouldn't have guessed that they've played so long um, without him. I think it's something like 16 Premier League games without him. Um, the obviously Nketiah came in, didn't exactly tear the tear the you know t- didn't tear it up, but got involved, um and, and you know they they lost party for a couple of games. Jorginho pitches in with a goal and pitches it. every time we've we've thought they were going to stumble, they're actually proving us wrong. And I think now now the t- the, the conversation is changing. It's not about um can they maintain it. It's about whether or not City can catch them. Going eight points into the international break, I is a massive. Some massive onus on them, and, and it's really good for for their own morale. Um, you're now looking at Man City's game in hand and making sure that they win that, and then they've got the game against Arsenal themselves. And everybody's just saying, "Well, if Man City don't win that, then..." Where's also gonna slip up? So I do think the narrative's changed now, and I think it's really good. What I do like as well is, is it's not just one person. You guys have obviously called it Martinelli. I think that's his 13th goal this season. Um Saka is probably I think he's about th- I think he's about 14 goals this season. Um, but his goal involvements are probably the highest of the league. Um you've got Xhaka chipping in, you've got Trossa trip trip chipping in with goals like It doesn't matter who's missing out the team right now. They just seem as though, as a team, they're getting it done. So, um, yeah, I think it's theirs to lose now. I really do. Um, The Palace was always going to be a hard ask. You know, it was a a gimme game to some extent. Even if they brought in a new manager, no new manager would expect to have went to Arsenal and and get a point, never mind three. Um, It was always about changing the performance um, as we said, that you know they probably hadn't been out of many games. They'd lost it by one goal, maybe two at a max. Um, But they 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 kind of got they got they got the piss taken at them a little bit at, at the weekend, in my opinion. Um I was very strange to see Jeffrey sloop play right behind the striker. Now that's going to seem mad considering he actually got a goal, but. It's, that's not really his normal position. I don't get uh, where that was. And they put Zaha out on the wide left, and he, he doesn't track back and help out. As much as Zaha's a great player, he pretty much isolated his full-backs. Um, so with people like Saka, who's arguably one of the best in the league at the moment, it was always one-way traffic, and it was always going to end up that way. So, um,
1: yeah, there was no surprises in that in that game itself. No, no, absolutely not. Um, boys, just, just one-word answer on this one. Graham? because we're in the last international break at the end of the season, that are Arsenal going to win the league? Yes. Jamie?
3: Yes. I've changed. I I was saying City for a while, but I think it's too much. Too much has happened now. Uh, City haven't closed that gap yet.
2: The thing is, okay, gap's eight. I know City have a game in hand, and they've only scored thirteen goals in the last two games. But um, <laughs> they can they can score as many as they want. But if unless Arsenal slip up, what's yeah. it matter? so yeah,
1: I'm still gonna say C. I'm gonna go against you guys. I'm gonna based say on C. based on what? I, I just think they've got another gear. I, 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 do you know what I was saying We I know we normally we only talk, talk about Premier League, but watching Arsenal Thursday night, see when they play. Sporting are a good side, by the way, mm-hmm. um, but see when the pressure's really, really on, I still, I'm still not sure about Arsenal. And listen, you can't knock them, but I just think. This but I think run, there's
0: a, this I think run there's run. a difference.
3: See if, you, see if you're talking, see if they were to play Sporting every game between now and the end of the season, I could probably buy that. See when they're playing teams below them that they've been pissing over in, in the build up to that. I mean, they've, they've, I think they've got, I and mean, they've got Newcastle away, Liverpool away and they've got City. They're the, probably the three biggest games they've got left in the calendar, I think, in a league game. So, so there is definitely slip-ups there. I just I think, don't see City closing that gap. That's the difference.
2: Think, the, the thing with Arsenal going out of the Europa League, obviously they, they played a, a strong team. I just think that I'm not necessarily thinking they'll be absolutely devastated. Like I said last week about them looking to prioritise sooner rather than later if it starts kind of getting close to the end of the season, really down in the nitty-gritty. I'm not sure them going out is the worst thing. And I actually think if you're Man City chasing them, I get Man City out of the Champions League, that's one thing. But I do honestly think Pep Guardiola, he would have probably rather Arsenal... Got past Sporting Lisbon, so I think it's the worst thing in the world. I think you know the full concentrations on the league, and I, I think they'll do it.
1: No, that's a, that's a really good point. As you say, going out, I think that a lot of Arsenal fans were gutted. They went out um, Thursday night, and, and I know as, as supporters, you never, you never want to prioritize anything. You just want to win everything. But um, yeah, yeah, that that could be key. But I just think Man City have been over the course here. I still, I still, I still, I still can. Just think, I, I know you're saying, Jamie, the, the fixtures, but um, I, st- I still think City are going to go on a run. I, just, I, don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'll be wrong. It'd be good for someone else to win
3: it as a neutral. Um, yeah. but. I, I think I've been with you all, all season. I've been, no, no, City are going to kick into gear. The problem is they've had all season to kick into gear and they've really not. And that's to say, you know, we're saying they're not kicked into gear yet and they've got arguably one of the best strikers that i have ever hit the Premier League in one of the biggest forms that they've ever actually had. You know, breaking <laughs> numbers in your league. They still might actually win fuck all this season,
2: right? The, the thing is, look, we we have been saying we need Man City to go and to go on a run, etc. They are they have won six games in a row in all competitions. They are five games in a row without conceding a goal. I think this is good for them. Yeah, the the Champions League as well. Obviously, I mean, scoring one in seven, now <laughs> <down> and in six now. <laughs> and then are no, up. <laughs> are no mugs, you know. Yeah. So like. Yeah, that, this is them. They're hitting it at the right time, of course. I think it could be exciting, yes. But I think uh, I think Arsenal might cling on. I think if, if Man City, by the way, if Man City in this kind of form, if they don't win the Champions League this season, then I don't think they'll ever win it. So, yeah, yeah they, they'll they be going for quite a few fronts. And I think when we're talking about prioritisation, Man City and their fans and Pep will take the Champions League over the league without a doubt, whereas... Arsenal, it was a really day long, mm-hmm. so, um, so like, yeah, I think League Arsenal for sure.
1: Nice, nice, really, really good point, that Um, so I'm expecting uh Liverpool to beat City in the next game, and that'll be it. But that, no, no, <laughs> that, that's I'll, that, I'll take that. If that's what it is, though, now. In yeah. all fairness, City can't afford one more slip up before they play Arsenal, they need to keep yeah. winning, and um, they've not really been in that position for a while, so that'll, so that'll be interesting, but it'd be, it'd be one I'm looking forward to when we're next on, boys talking about the, the the next result. But, uh, Graham, moving it on to, to Friday's night uh, game, which um, which was actually a really, really good game of football, to be fair. It was a little bit of a throwback, the way that Forrest played. And, and to be fair, Newcastle as well, they're both quite two, two physical teams. Um, I think that's one thing that kind of Eddie Howe's teams... I think has always gone gone missing. They, they 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 do put it. His team does put it about. They are quite quite physical. And uh, John Doe Shelby playing against his old club, he had a couple of meaty challenges in the, the first half. Um, I, I'm not sure he was a big fan of Bruno Gamara's. By the way, I don't think he got on with him because he'd done him two or three times early doors. Um, but the, the player I want to pick out of this one was was Isaac, um, and he was he, he obviously missed a lot of the season through injury. But he looked he was the best player on the pitch for me by. Head and shoulders above anyone else. He looks so sharp, and and the, the goal he scored as well, uh, goal of the weekend for me. And I, I don't know if you boys agree, but what did you make of that game on on um, Friday night, Graham?
2: Yeah, enjoyed it. Uh, I think from 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 both fronts. Obviously, Forrester being been a poor poor on a form, like Newcastle being a bit more inconsistent. Big win for them. Obviously, a devastating kind of last minute penalty. Um, for Newcastle, I think a lot was made of kind of this shithousery of Trippier looking like he was going to take it and the kind of mind games and then handing off the ball to Isaac, but, um, kind of at the last second but that guy is class, that boy is absolutely class, I, I honestly think that will be it's a shame he got injured for that, that length of time as well but I think um, in terms of a striker in the Premier League behind, if if it wasn't for Elling. Holland, in terms of striker this season, I think Isaac would potentially be one of the signings of the season. But, but not. Look at you laughing. Look at you laughing. <laughs> uh, look. See if it wasn't for his. See if it wasn't for his injury. His his goal contribution already for Newcastle is is wild. I think he would. I honestly think he would be up there. It's one of the signings of the season for sure. I think Newcastle will be struggling to keep hold of him eh, long term kind of like Bruno Guimares. It just depends what the money's saying and, and kind of how well Newcastle are doing. But I think he's an absolutely phenomenal player. And it's even it's even the ball he put in, um, that that ball he put in the box, like he's not he's not just a big tall. He's he's not a one man band, right? He's got a lot of strings to his bow. I think he's I really think he's top class. He's certainly Newcastle's best signing for for years now, include Guimara's I think he's that good and I really think he'll only get better
1: no I think you're right I think you're right Gary. I know he's having a little little laughter but um his injuries was a big was a big you know turning point because I think we'd be talking about one of the players not we wouldn't be talking about Haaland um but we'd be talking about one of you know I think he'd be right up there in terms of in terms of you know everyone else with the goals um but yeah that boy we put in for, for anderson the goal that was this love of the ai he's just got a little bit of quality just got quality um jamie I've, I've got to ask you this one what did you make of the the forest um center half? Is it Nekate, Nekate, the handball? Nekate, ne- 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 I mean, that's just criminal, isn't it? But, you know,
3: jumping that high with your left arm up as, you know, it wasn't just, it, it wasn't like he tried to mask it. It was like it was a full-stretched arm. Um, I kind of feel sorry for him, but at the same time, if you do that, it's only going to come out one way. Um, he'd, he'd had a pretty decent game, to be fair. He hadn't been terrible. It was just decision-making. And you can see, see from the slow-mo from behind the goal, before he's even... T- dropped to the floor he's already got his head in his hands he knows what's happened he knows what's going to happen he knows he's just lost it for the for the team um it was criminal and i think you know it was it wasn't the way the game was going. The game was going to potter out to a draw because obviously they were two both teams attacking each other. It kind of nullified each other to some extent. Um, but I think it was Isak's ball, wasn't it? That Isak crossed it in, and then the header come back off. And as you said, that you know the cross he put in was absolutely brilliant. So they did they did create it to some extent. Um, but yeah defending like that as a, as a big no-go uh, in any of the Premier League games um, I love D-Sax um, you know his fast goal the way he improvised his, his jump and kind of hung his foot back um, that was he took it really really well um, and I think he's definitely one for the future for them Um
2: um, just just having a look, the the stat the stat I know I know you boys love a stat. Mason usually has one up his sleeve most weeks, but there he goes. Um Isaac's scored every one hundred and five minutes for Newcastle this season. Only Holland has a better record. Obviously, Erling I think he's got a goal every ten seconds or something like that works out or something this season. But look, Isaac is obviously got? Go? don't know how many, but it's a, a Every 105 minutes is it is the stat. What his actual goal tally is so far this season, I'm not sure. Um, but he's he's awesome. He's a phenom, I think. Class.
3: I, he's, he's a cracking player. I, believe it or not, I watched him when he was in um, when he was in Dortmund um, before he went to Sochi. He was he was he was brought as a replacement for Musa Dembele because um, when Dembele before he moved to Barcelona was an absolute phenom over uh, in Dortmund. And when he moved on to Barcelona, they actually spent the money on Isak and brought him from I think it was Aik for over in Sweden. Um, and he was a young, seventeen-year-old impressionable lad. He was playing, playing second fiddle to people like uh, Obama Young. No, so um, he, he's definitely got a talent. So Stad was a bit of a sticking point. He he was he was riddled with injuries, but when he got game time, he got the goals. And I think he's he's definitely one for Newcastle to kind of focus on going forward. Doesn't come cheap. I think they paid about 60, 65 million for him. So that's probably about the right rate, you know, in terms of his age and his his, his you know his ceiling, if you like. Um, I don't see him moving on. I think Newcastle's probably the right kind of club for him, um, you know, to, to for them to build around. Um, as you said, I think Anke on his Anki's debut was against Liverpool at Anfield. So I was done there for the game, um, and he scored in the cup end. Um, it just doesn't come much better for his debut. So, thankfully, they lost the game two one. Um, but he, you know, you seen from that first game, um, he actually done Trent. Which, to be fair, I think a lot of people have done Trent this season. Um, he he, he kind of showed a bit of skill um, in, in the box. I really like him. I think, as I said, he's one for the future. I think he's about 22, 23. Um, so he's, he's definitely got a big, big prospect. Um, it was funny you mentioned Jojo Shelby because uh, I had Shelby to get booked in uh, my Um They were offering loads of like four to one and he, got, he must have had about four terrible tackles in the first half and not one of them got booked. He Actually, got booked, but nobody's seen it. He actually got booked for protesting for the penalty in the 93rd minute, so I didn't even know my my, my bet had came in until obviously I checked it later. But, uh, yeah, John Joe, uh, I'll always love a bit of John Joe, he, he, he did so well for Liverpool. Um, but he never scores a bad goal, does he, John Joe?
2: I think I think this is about me. Should say, if you are going to bet, please bit responsibly. Um, <laughs> even if even if you're you're Mason, Dabbling in Man City right now they're
3: allowed to
1: Really. No, Isaac's got ten goals in uh six goals in ten games in the Premier League. Six goals ten games. So that's that's decent decent record, isn't it? Um considering it, the injuries. Um not when Nunes uh, has only got eight goals, so yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair though, Jamie, if I'm being honest, if you're offering me one of the two, I'm taking Isaac, mate. I've got to say, I think um I like Nunes though. I, I like Nunes. I think he's raw. I still I think he's got a lot to come, but um I- I'm having a bit of Isaac. I think he's he's uh he looks like a top top player.
2: Don't appease him, talking out Liverpool. I mean I was just laughing, laughing the at Graves or... uh <laughs> I'm just but laughing no. at
3: Graves, uh Steven just a bulk claim like uh players are there. Transfer buys of the season.
2: I think he would look. I, I said look, if failing Holland hadn't been bought. I I think he would be one of them. And I I do think I said if he hadn't been injured, that that injury in the middle of that that middle part is is kind of hampered him a bit. But he's classed. Just yeah, just you see, just you wait and see.
1: <laughs> no, just 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 on that. boys um. I said you know about Forest. I think they're going to get dragged into it. I think they're they're by the way the finish by by Dennis big mistake. From Botman, but uh, the finish from Dennis was, was top class. But uh, they just didn't look like scoring, and um, obviously home form's been big for them. They're the best home form in the league before that game. Um, but I still think just quality wise, they're they're going to struggle. Um, yeah, Their records
3: really poor at the moment as well, isn't it?
1: Shopping. Yeah, it's shocking. Yeah. Uh, they can't buy win away from home. I, don't, I think I think I don't know if they've won away from home. To be honest, I'll have to look uh, look at. But um, I'm gonna throw another one at well, the World this international break. Who are you having for? Oh, Jamie will probably say Liverpool, but Graham top four but Newcastle or you know Spurs. Do you, do you, Liverpool? Do you fancy Liverpool going on going on a run and getting it? But but if you, if you again you know bet responsibly. But who who, who are you, you going with uh, with Fourth?
2: Liverpool. I think Liverpool. Pep. Newcastle. I think it could actually be really tight. I think we're really lucky this season. Is a neutral looking in. You know if. Look, okay, I know me and Jamie are saying Arsenal win the league. I don't think either of us are suggesting that they'll just run away with it by any means. I think they'll get there in the end. Will it be exciting? Yeah, I think so, and I hope so. I think fourth could be I like Tottenham on a bit of disarray. I'm sure we'll get on to that. I do think Liverpool will get there. And then obviously, we've got the relegation battle. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's an exciting end. Usually at this point, something happens and teams run away with it, or teams go down or fourth is tied up. Everything's kind of to play for just now. So, yeah, Liverpool for me, I think they always just manage to do it. And, and I think um, other teams' performances just now, and I think their class will probably shine through. Yeah, see, I keep saying
1: Liverpool, and every time I say, I oh, they'll get it easy. They go and they have that result against Bournemouth. Jamie, who are you going with for that for that full spot?
3: I don't definitely don't think it's Tottenham. Um, I think you know they're so inconsistent. Um they've they've currently played two more games than Liverpool and Newcastle. Um, and they're only just clinging on to it, in my opinion. With the, the the rather than giving you a prediction, I would say the one I'm worried about is actually Brighton. Brighton is just not going away. Brighton or the same points as Liverpool at the moment and I've only played 25 games compared to Liverpool's 26 so while we're saying that Liverpool are going to run which they possibly can Brighton are not going away right now and they're, they're kind of the one to watch Brentford are the same but I don't see Brentford doing it um, Liverpool have got a tricky few fixtures coming up I think I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago we've got City Arsenal and um, Chelsea back to back that's 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 not great in any kind of form but the reality of it is, Liverpool's so inconsistent. Season they'll probably fucking beat one or two of them, and draw the next one. They'll come out with six or seven points. I think if we get through that, I think we run up. We we do. We, we finish fourth because we have we have the experience of that running. Um, I think it depends on, as you said, what Newcastle and Brighton do if they continue the form, um, whether they get back into it.
2: I'll give you here's a here's a prediction you can nail down right. Brighton will not finish in the double.
0: one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes
1: nice dress uh, it's a it's a t-shirt
0: until you tried it on same goes for your health LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
1: Who we'll come on that.
3: Strong, strong, strong point. It's just when you look at the table right now. It's hard to not factor them into any conversation in my opinion, considering they've only no, played sure. twenty-five games.
1: I know they, they had a FA Cup this weekend, didn't mm-hmm. they, right? But um but yeah, yeah, Do you know what? It's, it's been such a mental season. It yeah. Would, it would surprise me. Now listen, it would to say it wouldn't would be mental. It would surprise me, but their their form is them and Brentford, I think, are the top and yeah. oh, then the the top since the World Cup, I think they're third yep. and fourth behind city and Arsenal, right? Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah. Um so yeah, uh, just just yeah, just the last bit on on, on the Forest uh, Newcastle game. Um, Trippier, uh, you mentioned it, Graham. Trippier taking the taking the ball. I love that. I, absolutely I love, love that. that. I love that. Right, that's brilliant. He, he, yeah.
3: Somebody else did it the week before as well in a penalty. I can't remember if it was the Champions League or something. Um, but I remember when 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 Trippier done that. I was thinking that you know that must be a they must be talking about these things you know between players about doing this now. I love you it. it
1: was, Jamie? It was Havertz, Chelsea. uh not there this. you go it took ages didn't he it? it took yeah. ages and uh
2: you'll uh, be watching more salad than that
1: <laughs>
3: that thing's still going for sake <laughs>
1: <laughs> fucking hell haunted brilliant but, but Brian, that, that leads us nicely onto uh spurs um game of the weekend um free free with southampton three one up with what 10 just under 10 minutes to go um, and then big point for Southampton at 3-1 down. And to be fair, great, great spirit to go back into it. But we've got to talk about Antonio Conte's uh, post-match interview. Um, if that isn't the biggest sack me I want out of here, then I, I don't know what it is.
2: Yeah, it's amazing. I like, don't really know what to say. I think I don't think anyone really could argue with what he's saying but look certainly reg- regardless right um you cannot <laughs> you cannot come out with some of the stuff he said at that presser and I can give you a Spurs fan who a lot are probably already a bit disgruntled with him with how they're playing I think there's a, f- a factor of has he given up etc I think they'll be even more raging that he's came out and said some of the stuff he has so in terms of that, yes, is that the biggest sack? Me, I think so. But what well, he's out of contract at the end of the season, he's gone off. Obviously, he's gone. It's just a case of who taught them like wanting to line up. And maybe they're already looking. And listen, if whoever they're looking for and whoever they're looking at, if they do have someone and they became available, I'm, I'm sure they would, they would they might just. Um, cut Conte loose immediately. I don't see that, so they'll maybe save themselves a few bucks. They're not doing anything; they aren't going to achieve it in this season. So, really, I don't see what they have to lose. I think, I think, more than anything, they might be able to like terminate his contract at the rate he's going for, like some sort of bringing the club into disrepute or something. So, maybe, maybe they could go down down that route if he continues on. But yeah, like, uh, definitely the game of the, the weekend, I guess. Southampton, are, they are bizarre just now. Just really kind of up and down with the results after that midweek loss at home at Brentford, um, then three-one down. I think that is more about Tottenham rather than Southampton. Probably harsh, but um, fair play. They got the, they grabbed the point for nothing. Uh ninety-third minute penalty as well. So. Yeah, it, it keeps them keeps them in it. Another another point um, towards to battle relegation. Definitely needed it. Um, see see where they go for there.
1: Yeah, no, no, definitely. And uh, it, it's just it's just mad. He was even digging out. You know, the players the players are the biggest one. But even coming out and saying about uh, Daniel Levy, the owner, he kept saying the owner um, under this club won. You know, nothing in twenty years. He's just sitting there, guy bloody hell like it's, it's absolute nuts um and uh my funny my mate was it with monday morning was um was at stanford airport he, he went to to no some uh sunday sorry sunday went to stanford airport to, to watch the roma lazio game last night and uh he see uh Conte was on his flat and uh he said he got absolute pelters at stanford airport not by uh, arsenal west Ham, chelsea fans, <laughs> or by a spurs fans. so uh it goes to show what what you as you said, Graham. They are starting to you know. Do you know what it is? It's probably a lot of supporters won't like the truth, and it, he is to, he just says it how it is. Do you know what I mean? Which you you can't you can't do it. You can't do it nowadays. I, I know we should be sort of commending Southampton and Theo Walcott, um, mm-hmm. who asked the, what he said. He I started last weekend, and he goes and gets a. An equaliser against, the, you know, obviously an Arsenal player scoring against Spurs, but um, we've just got to talk about, you know, Spurs. What did you make of Conte's comments and and throwing away a three-one lead? You know, that's that's where where, where they are. That was yeah. that was really cool. I, th- I think I think the funny
3: part of the conversation, the funny part of his statement, was about two hours later. There was a there was like a, a quick edit that said but he wasn't talking about the hierarchy at the club just to kind of prove the fact that actually, you know, it was about the players and stuff. And you just think that's... Yeah, that's a, I, that ship sailed a little bit there. Um, he, he was obviously doing what he was doing and he knew exactly what he was saying. I was actually more intrigued in some of the stuff he said. You know, he was calling out players, but what he did talk about, he, he said that whatever club he's went to, he's always improved them. But the clubs he's went to, but you're talking Juventus, Inter Milan, Chelsea, you know, they, they have crazy kind of funds. They have that count, that league status already. Tottenham's probably the one where the roadie are at their top level, in my opinion. Like, they're not they're not going to win the league anytime soon. So for him to turn them into a league winner or something, I just don't see it happening. So I think there's that sudden realisation of actually where he's at in terms of what kind of club he's at. As much as they have probably one of the best stadiums in the world, they don't actually have pots of money where they can go out and do whatever he needs to. Um, I remember at the beginning of the season, some Tottenham fans were saying that they'd won the transfer window because of the signings that they brought in. The Kulisevskis, the Bentancos, uh, They, you know, bringing in Rich Olsen. Rich Olsen, um, season's over. He went off crying after about three minutes uh, doing his leg. So his season seems to be done. So even then, Dan Juma still doesn't get a shot, on, shot in the game. Like, I, I I don't know what some of these kind of players have to do to kind of get game time. Um, very impressed with Pedro Porro's goal. The, the absolute speed that he absolutely willed that at; those are the kind of goals he scored up at Sporting. Um, so I was kind of glad to see him kind of get himself on the score sheet. Um, I was more impressed with Southampton getting themselves back into it. But when you break it down, two minutes before their second goal goes in, Conte makes two defensive subs. He makes two defensive subs, which turns the team into a flat, a flat back four in midfield and in defence, which then invites so much pressure on, and and Southampton would just stop for it they just turned on them, um, and they obviously got 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 there in the end. I'm not convinced that the penalty was a penalty. Um, the boy saw what goes to put his foot through it. I think there is some connection, but I don't think it's enough to award a penalty. I know VAR looked at it, but VAR were to call out any, um, what shall we say, if the refs missed something. Allowed the ref to keep his decision, so I don't think VAO had enough to get into involved in it, so they stood with the on-field decision. But if you look at that, that challenge, if you like, the jump, I don't think there's much connection at all. I think the ref was very quick to give the penalty. Um, and if we're and you know, if they if they win 3-2, we don't hear anything from, from Conte. He we, we don't talk about how Spurs bottled it. It's fine margins we're talking about here, and this was like the 93rd minute. Um some penalty as well by George, uh, James Ward-Prowse absolutely rifled that in the t- into the back into the top corner sorry um, and there was a funny bit after the I think it was on Match of the Day they, they had uh, Wood prowse actually talking about Fraser Foster's actually his neighbour um, when they were both at Southampton and the kids him and, him and Foster and the kids used to play together in the gardens and they always used to take penalties against each other um, so uh yeah, it was kind of mad to see that uh, he, he kind of said, I, I didn't want to look at him just so I didn't bust out laughing. I wanted to make sure I took it right. Absolutely rifled it into the top of the net, so he did well. But uh, Conte's writing's on the wall. It's inevitable. Um, the 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 one they're talking about at the moment now is Thomas Tuchel, um, apparently bringing Tuchel back to England. Um, the you know Pochettino's apparently not the flavour of the month at the moment. Um, so Tuchel's apparently the one. I, I actually don't disagree with that appointment. I think Tuchel will do a good job there. But is he going to get any more out of this Tottenham team than what they probably are?
1: I don't know. So that's off one. Tuchel should never got the set from, from Chelsea, but that's mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's for, for, for another another time. But uh, yeah, just on Spurs, no side has conceded more away goals in the Premier League since the World Cup break. 14 goals. Sorry, yeah, just goes to show where, where they're at at uh, the minute mm-hmm. suppose but moving it on boys um brentford one leicester one um sorry just before you do that go on Greg.
2: yeah no i think um i think as we are on aye, all of us it looks like Conte's just been sacked
3: <laughs>
2: yeah um, ryan mason will be the caretaker manager until the
3: end of oh, the season they, they did that last time didn't they
2: yeah so i mean another good be shot for for Right, Mason, obviously what I just said five minutes ago is all the shite and can <laughs> 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 Ah yeah, I'm sure they'll hold out, you know, they'll maybe have their eye on someday. now nah, that's that blown up. So yeah, it looks like he's been sacked. Um I don't know if it's confirmed yet. So yeah. Um see 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 how that how that changes our fortunes, probably not, but maybe you never know. Could be too shallow in the next week or so, who knows? So
1: how about that gun of a few breaking news we'll like Nice one, Graham. Well yeah, that's 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 <laughs> the context of it. But boys, we'll get on to the other games and we can uh we can go over, you know, back over, I suppose if we have, if we have time. But as I say, Brent, Brentford won, Leicester one, um was another one from the weekend, Graham. Um yeah, watched the highlights back of this one uh, yesterday and um it, it looked like it could have gone either way. I didn't actually realise uh, Leicester ended a, a run of four consecutive defeats. Um, so, to be fair, I see Brendan Rodgers was quite happy to come out of there with a point in the end. Um, but what did you make of this one? Is it you know a point, not a bad result for Brentford, to be fair, because they've been doing really well and Leicester probably would have took a point before the game as well?
2: Absolutely. I mean, that was four four defeats in the league, but if you include Blackburn in the FA Cup, I mean, that was just five straight defeats uh, all in. So, I guess it's a whole stop the rot. I think anyone... Probably could I maybe guess a draw in that game? It's I don't know. It's just um, two teams like those going head to head. I think a draw is probably the more likely result. As you say, look Brentford have been doing well. Um, another really solid display against them. But I think if you are Leicester off the back of five straight defeats, you do not want to be going away at Brentford. Um, and I think if I do think that point. They'll be they'll be absolutely delighted with. Um, I don't know they're they're away to Crystal Palace next Leicester. It's really like we've we've spoken out it for a few teams and a, a few scenarios. It's been a strange season. I do think Leicester under Rogers should be so so much better. I think a, a few of his a few times maybe said that we expect them to turn that around, uh, going a bit of going a bit of a run. I do still think they will not be relegated, but they're definitely in the dog fight. So um points like that are, are certainly going to help at this moment in time.
1: No, absolutely. And uh, I, see, I still think, you know, I absolutely agree they should be doing better less they're under under Rogers, but I still I think they'll be I think they'll be fine. Jamie, what did you make of this one? Uh, obviously both sides, Brentford as a s we said last week, 2-0 at Southampton just they're just as I said on form from the World Cup, they'd they will be sitting in fourth place just behind Brighton. So uh, they flying, but but Leicester struggling um Harvey Barnes with the equalizer as well and it, it is a player that I, I really like Harvey Barnes. Yeah.
3: I think getting called it. um that was a bigger point for Leicester than what it was than it was for Brentford. Um you know even though it doesn't do anything to the table, but they still need to pick up these points. Uh, they're in. I think they're in the quagmire of the dog, the relegation fate. I really do. I think Graham you'll be provided the, the list of the last six games for every team, and Leicester's running doesn't look pretty at all. So I think any points that they're picking up now is going to be invaluable to them. Um, and they didn't play too bad, to be fair. They, they, they kind of needed to stop that rot. Um, I did say last week though, if they can get, if they can keep Madison fit, then I, I think they'll be fine. And Madison was brilliant for that assist. The way he played that ball through, the the relationship between him and Harvey was absolutely brilliant at the weekend. Um, I was actually more surprised that Brentford didn't do enough to win the game. Actually, um, Tony missed a couple of chances um, towards the end of the game. Um, Leicester haven't just been losing games recently. They've actually they've been terrible, you know, they've had players sent off, um, they've been giving away silly goals, so they kind of needed to do something to kind of stop that rot, if you like and I think, you know, Brentford was a good point for them um, but it was definitely a bigger point for Leicester than it was for Brentford
1: no, Absolutely and it'll be interesting to see how both of them pick it up after the, the World Cup. Um, moving it again uh, Graham, I feel like every week we're just praising Villa at the minute and praising Emery, that's... um. 26 points from 14 games for him now. Um, You know, they are scored in every game. They absolutely, you know, blew uh, Bournemouth away at the weekend. Uh, 3-0, it should have been more. Uh, I think that's the only criticism we can give um, Aston Villa this weekend. But then Bournemouth, that's now eight defeats out of nine uh, in the last nine uh, away Premier League games. So, kind of tells you how both are doing right now.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Look, I think Looking at Villa, this is how they should be performing and and where they should be at. I believe that... I think it was, you'd maybe said one of the stats in terms of um, Brentford and Brighton being fourth or something in the form table. I I think, um, I'm pretty sure Villa are up there or were one of the last times in terms of the form table since maybe Emery took charge. They were fourth or fifth in the league since Emery took charge. So obviously, look, it's promising, it's exciting. We know how good Emily is. I still think that, um, as good as it, as good as it has been and as consistent as they have been, I still think, really, next season they'll, they'll still be aiming to maybe get seventh or eighth, try and just push into that European spot. As as we've talked about before, it's hard to kind of break into that kind that dominant space or the, the the really big bigger and richer clubs um are occupying just now but yeah um absolutely a good result for them and bournemouth are going down i've I've decided that they are the they are the first team I'm there de- <laughs> even though I've probably I think I've said maybe four, five, six teams that are definitely that are going down. They are the first ones I'm definitely saying they are going down. Bournemouth are going down.
1: Yeah no I agree. They're gone. Bournemouth are gone for me. There's no, there's no saving them. And, and Gary O'Neill, that appointment, that I think you said it at the time, Graham, as well. Gary O'Neill, they're done. Uh, they're, they're gone. Um, but but Jamie, just just on um, on Villa and Emery again, it's just another you know ticking another result and something you know Villa don't really do is is beat teams comfortably. And, and they and, and Graham said it. They should, this is what they should be doing. You know the money they've spent, the players they've got. So uh, I think they've got a very good manager in Emery as well.
3: Yeah, I, I think I think I think it was probably Graham that said at the very beginning as well that Emery's probably big, too big for for Villa. Um, he's probably one of the bigger names, you know, in Europe. It was probably a bigger coup for them to get him. Villa are currently eleventh. Do we anticipate Villa to be any better than eleventh? Probably not. That's probably about the level. And when Emery took them over, though, they were I think they were like the second bottom or they were bottom at the time. So you know, when he took over, it was it's it's great the turnaround that he's done um but as you said the inconsistency sometimes they can win game lose a game win a game lose a game um but they're, they're sitting probably where they normally are around about now for this time of the league at this time of the year um in terms of results wise i don't think anybody realistically expected bournemouth to go to villa and, and kind of turn them over um even if they did embarrass liverpool the week before but i yeah bournemouth they 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 win one game, they lose three, don't they? That's that's pretty much what's gonna see them go down. Um, but yeah, I, I think Villa would pretty much a stick on for a home winner, excuse me, at the weekend. Um what was probably surprising is that actually Watkins didn't get another goal um because of the form that he's been on. Um I think it'll be a bigger question of whether Villa keep hold of Watkins more than will Villa do any better. Um I think Villa are probably punching about the normal weight of where they are at the moment. Um, but it'd be interesting to see if uh, if anybody does test the waters with a player like Watkins.
2: I, I I think Watkins is probably at his level. I don't see any of the kind of I don't know the quote unquote bigger clubs going in for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's at his level with Villa, unless somebody needed a kind of good, unless one of the bigger teams wanted a squad player um, or something. Maybe maybe I but... think
3: I think if Kane goes in the summer which is a very big if. I think it's going to start this merry-go-round for some teams, and I think Watkins could probably get turned up. I'm not saying he's going to go to a place like Tottenham or something, but I could see Watkins at Newcastle alongside Isak. So, you know, that that kind of level is probably what I'm talking. Not, he's not going to go Liverpool. He's not going to go Man U. He's not going to go Tottenham or anything. I think it's just more that next step up um, of the team punching, trying
1: to get out. Uh, absolutely. Um, Watkins, definitely agree. I think that is, is, is stamp. I don't see him. You know, you, you maybe see it with English English players maybe getting a move. They normally wouldn't because they've got to fill the quota. But um, mm. I, I agree. I agree on that. Next one, Graham, then Chelsea 2, Everton 2. Um, call this was a, a bit of a cracker Saturday night. And um, just when you think Chelsea have turned a corner, um, didn't think they were great. I um, but it's now for, for Daesh again for another set piece. I think it's four out of Everton's seven Premier League goals has come from set plays, which is obviously a, a typical Daesh. Um, and, 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 and Ellis Sims, um, by the way, what a goal. Uh, he walked past Koulibaly. Absolutely
3: and it, bullied him, didn't he?
1: Yeah, it's shocking defending, but I've got to give cr- credit to Sims because he, he took a lot of stick, by the way, after the performance at Anfield when he was from yeah. it. Um, but he's come back and said, right, I'll show you. And he's gone and got a massive point. But
2: for Everton, so uh, Everton, Everton are looking good now, Graham, aren't they? They are. I think we all know that they'll get they'll get more than enough points to to stay up. I think that's probably pretty clear. When you're talking about this, the goal set pieces, this is what a team like Everton needs. They they need to capitalise on set pieces where and where they can. I'm glad you mentioned Ellis Sims. Obviously, um, I haven't played up here for Hearts. Spotted how good a player. Player he was, he did well at Sunderland, and I think he's he's exactly what what Sean Dyche wants. Uh, I think it was I want to say it was in match today. One of the guys was saying that you know that's Sean Dyche's type, complete um, type of player. Uh, I can totally agree with him to be honest. I think um, his first Premier League goal, and it was a builder. Yeah, it was man defending. I think Kepa could have done a wee bit better as well. But it was a great goal, took it well, and I think it was deserved after Kai Havertz kind of doing that silly-faced Jordan Pickford as well. I don't know what he's thinking doing that to make it 2-1. Maybe something you do 4 or 5-0, but um, yeah, so another kind of poor showing for Chelsea under Potter, but yeah, great great result for Ellen.
1: No, absolutely, and Jamie. What well, I know, you are big.
3: You love a bit of Everton, don't you? But uh, what was your I thoughts? Was, I was absolutely fuming with Chelsea. <laughs> I promise you, absolutely fuming. I was like, no Liverpool playing this weekend. That's okay. I don't mind watching Everton get stuffed by Chelsea. After the after the midweek game uh, for the you know the, sorry the Champions League game and the turnaround, you think right, Chelsea going to turn it around, and they just were well, shit. They were just disappointing. They really were. Um, Chelsea's. Arguably, Chelsea's best player was probably Ben Chilwell. <laughs> you know, um, the left wing back. Felix is—he's he's obviously really good on the ball, but Havertz is not a foil for him, really not. Um, and I don't get—you know—they're really, really struggling from a from a focal point, in my opinion. Um, the fact that everything got back into it. Um, it didn't surprise me because the way the game was it kind of clogged up a little bit it just kind of went into nothingness and there was like there was spark happening um the penalty very very fortunate to get but um yeah Jordan Pickford tried his bit of a shithousery with the you know and and Kai Havertz decided to give him some playful banter back which didn't look the greatest but the more the game pushed on you could see Everton were actually getting more about them they were kind of Stringing passes together, and Chelsea were just dropping that little bit deeper. And you know, believe me, I just like just you know sh- hop. But before he starts shouting at the screen, that's you know, uh, Ellis Sims comes on, fresh set of legs. He's he's kind of fast in his own way, but he absolutely bullies Koulibaly um from uh, from a defensive point of view. And Graham and is right; like Kepper actually gets a hand to that, but it's just it's a, it's a weak hand that goes. It kind of nudges his hand back a bit, and you just think. Keeper shouldn't be getting done like that, in my opinion. But yeah, so, um, again, Everton pick up points, but so does everybody else around them. I kind of call—I've been calling it out. You know, it's—I—I I don't think Everton are at this quagmire in any form or fashion. They're three points ahead of the very bottom team right now, but they've played two games more than everybody else. I think they're going to be massively in for it. I think. The big difference will be as if, if Sims does get a run of games because he's obviously a focal point for them striking. Um, if he if, if he does well for them, then he'll get them out of it.
1: Absolutely. And he, he's, he kind of is a, a dash type of player as well, mm-hmm. isn't he? Uh, at least Sims. So, uh, no, and you said it, Graham. He, he's someone that actually, I know we're not talking about Rangers tonight, but I wouldn't have been against us signing him uh, in the summer. I think he'll be out of our price range now, though, because that's what a goal is at you know, at Stanford Bridge can do for, for a young but, um, be interested to see what, what happens with him if Dash, you know, it goes into summer and, and if he uses him obviously for the rest of the season. But, gents, that's all the games this weekend. As I say, it wasn't a full fixture, um, card because of the FA Cup. But to end this week, uh, as we always do with a, with a, you know, a Premier League question, um, so, Graham, um, thanks for coming on tonight, as always. Um, who is your best Premier League right-back of all time? I do it every week. I do it every week, and I? <laughs> I always miss out a game. And I, I, do you know what? I do it on purpose, just so used uh, to uh, pick up on it. Do you know what? I've said the game of the weekend. I've missed out another game of the weekend. But, uh, it's, been a long, it's been a long day. It's been a long day against... Um, but Graham, before we get to the best right back, then, and I've spoiled that one. early, um, Wolves two leads four. Um, we, we, we've, we've again, we've all praised big big jewels on this this uh, this pod and, and, and you know, praised Wolves, but um, that was a sore one. Um, getting getting beat, you know, four two and conceding four at home. Um, and that's dragged Wolves right back into it as well.
2: Yeah, absolutely, uh, I do think long term. Um, I'm happy to say it again. I don't think um Lopetegui will be there long term anyway. That has dragged them back into it. It was a surprise result again. I've I've certainly personally been pretty miffed about. Um, Javi Grazia, a big win for them. Really big win for them. Going to Wolves in easy just now to win four two. So good, good for good for Leeds. But yeah, like absolutely Wolves, man. Couple, of, couple. Of, defeats back to back and yeah as you say look like anyone down in that kind of bottom seven teams dragged into it yes squeaky bum time absolutely um again it just adds to excitement for me Uh, so bring it on
1: no uh, absolutely and leads we we, again you know garcia we said uh, you know they're going to struggle but then they go and put four, four past past the uh, past wall. so um, you know that that might get leads again we said they'll, they'll score goals so that might just pull leads away at a result like that jamie what was your thoughts on on this one because it was a you know a bit of a six, six point on this one that down the bottom and um, you know leads away from home haven't, haven't been great all season but you know again they've saved the you know a big performance when it was needed
3: yeah i waiting for you to come to this game after your, your bold statement of uh, goal of the weekend and i'm thinking johnny otto like <laughs> absolute bowler of a goal um probably had one of the best and worst games of his career right enough um you know um absolutely shocking red card, um absolutely terrible terrible tackle and the ref gave a yellow and obviously var right, had to get involved and kind of um say no no i think you've got this one wrong um but he scored arguably probably Goal of the goal goal of the season. Um, in terms of in terms of finishes, um, controlled it beautifully. Um, and there was also a contentious one. I get. I, I'll get your opinions on this one. The contentious one for Leeds' fourth goal. Leeds' fourth goal. The Damatadori stops um, down at the the, the touchline, um, and the ref waves play on, and Leeds run up and score. For me, that's a foul every day of the week. But um,
2: the ref. Okay, I only, I only watched this game. I think uh, match the or whatever. The ref had an absolute, absolute shocker. Yeah. Like yeah. anyway, I mean, missing that challenge on Ailing in the first the first instance. By the way, for Ailing's foot is grounded, yeah. his leg is fucking torn into man. Yeah. It was a shocker. Um, but the, I don't, I do not understand why he's called to the and he still gives that go. I mean, there's a clear, like it's a clean like tug yeah. on on tra- yeah. uh, on Adama Traore. But the thing is, this is, I mean, it he is very basic whole- stuff. You've got to play the way you're told yeah. that when you're five year old man. So where it absolutely should have been disallowed. That's, that's on a damn as well. Just stopping. Yeah. I mean, he stopped. So that's on him. It always reminds me. I remember Barthez back in the day. Just stood there with his hand up. Like you, you have to play to the whistle, no matter what.
3: But uh, the reason why I was asking is it's actually it's caused a bigger controversy in terms of other things that's been happening. So um, what I wasn't aware of is apparently four times this season. The Howard Webb is out to have a meeting with Lopetegi about some of the refereeing decisions that have went against them, and it's been more of apologies to say that we should be getting it right. And you could tell by that frustration in that game, like you know, um, especially that goal. Like um, the, the whole bench was out in the park. Uh, Lopetegi nearly got himself a red card. I think Matthias Nunes got sent off, and he wasn't even on the pen, on the pitch. Um, are Wolves hot hot done by? You know, do have they have they been getting the raw end of the stick a little bit? I don't think they did enough to win the game. I think that was right for them to lose the game. But um, I also think Dawson was lucky to not get sent off in the first half as well. I think he had a, a really bad challenge that he, he was given a yellow for. But uh, yeah, VAL's not been not been right, uh, not been good for for Wolves in the last few weeks at least.
1: No, and 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 I agree to stop. I think I think when you actually watch it watch it back uh, that the wolves manager's absolutely fuming with the ref, but he's mm-hmm. I think he's even more frustrated with Traore as he stops. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it was a strange one this weekend because there was there was a few red cards, but they was all the ninety second, ninety third, ninety first minute. Um, Graham, what, what was your? Uh, we can't say the obvious because it was FA Cup, but obviously Mitrovic comes in, but we won't go onto that. But what was your worst sort of red card this this weekend? Um,
2: from, from from the ones in the, in the Premier League, was it was that one, um, from, from Johnny on um, ailing that was horrific, and I cannot yeah. believe it took uh, a <laughs> VR to, to get that to red. I mean, it was horrible, it could have been so much worse. Um, and Ailing's a lucky boy to still have his leg, man. It was that, honestly that bad for me, and yeah, no, I absolutely agree with that. Jamie, would you go with
1: that
3: as well? Yeah, I think the other one was uh, the Brentford lad, wasn't it? Two stupid yellers after just coming on the pitch. Um, that was that was just stupid. That was rash. He was trying to get involved in the game, but. Excuse me, that Johnny one was, yeah, that was potentially career-ending. Um, even my daughter, like, she was watching my today, even She's like, how the hell has he missed that? And, like, that shouldn't take a left to give a yellow before it gets to a red. And she actually said he bottled that. He bottled that knowing VAR would do it in the background for him. That's not the way you ref it. You make your decision and then VAR either backs up or give it. You don't give the precautionary booking and hope VAR picks up whether or not it should have been a red. Um, so, yeah, the the Johnny one was pretty, pretty, pretty disgusting. Um, but I think you have to, going back to what you said, I think you have to kind of give a mention to these red cards that happened also in the FA Cup, purely on the basis that there's there's a lot of chat going around now about how the Bruno Fernandes situation was handled. And I'm not saying he should or shouldn't, but that whole little nudge on the linesman going potentially unpunished, is kind of people are saying has now manifest itself into into something more... Uh, where players are getting a bit more physical, I would say fucking okay, Mitrovic is a loose cannon anyway and an absolute nut job for doing what he did. I fully anticipate they threw the book at him and that'll probably cause Fulham an issue now for their league for their league ending. Um, I think he'll get like a ten game ban.
2: I've got to say, just very quickly in that game, as a neutral watching my UV Fulham yesterday, those four minutes or whatever it was, from <laughs> Fulham being one 0 up. It was four minutes from Fulham being one nil up to two one yeah. down and men were brilliant. Three four. one.
3: Uh, Three one wasn't it? <laughs> no, but
2: that yeah, but that four minutes of one 0 up to two one down, suddenly two players down, a manager down. Amazing television.
1: So good. No, it was, it was that, that game yesterday. We've we've seen me and you Graham, have seen Rangers have four minutes like that many a time, haven't we? Yeah, uh, over <laughs> the last eighteen months. Absolute nuts. it
3: only happens at Old Trafford, I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: You know, they played so well as well, Fulham, but yeah. um but I think yeah, they're talking about Mitrovic just seeing it on Sports. They're maybe getting a ten game ban. Um
3: I think is... I think they'll throw the book at them, I really do. Yeah. I think they missed the trick when it was the Fernandes. Um and I think they'll do they'll use this as the benchmark now.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, and then so they should so they should it's the only sport you could you probably you know previously would have got away of it but, um,
3: yeah, but that, that could be potentially his season over
1: then yeah. because
3: they've only got 10 games left yeah so if they do it that's uh,
1: yeah so so on no absolutely mate and um, just want to check before I, I, that is the last game <laughs> 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 So so let's 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 wrap it up then, boys, and, and let's go back to that uh, that that question. Um, so Graham, wh- what is you know the best your best wrap back in the Premier League? Um, you know since you've been watching it, is there a clear choice or was this was this quite a tough one?
2: Nah, there was a clear choice for me. Uh, I I don't know if this is popular. Or if, I, I guess I'll judge by Jamie's reaction. Usually, I'm sure he'll whatever, but. He is easily one of my... He was just always my favourite player, not for who he played for. I just always really liked him. He's notched up over 300 appearances. He's won every major honour in English football. He's won two Premier Leagues. Uh, Zabaleta for me. I absolutely love Pablo Zabaleta. Um, Always did. Always really liked him. When I watched him, I thought that he was absolutely superb. As I say... I don't know if that's controversial, I don't know if it's spot on, I don't care. I really like him <laughs> and um, for, for me, he'd be he'd be my right back in, in every uh, English Premier League team for what, 90, 92 or whatever it is, all day long. He'd walk into it.
1: Zabaletto was a player. He was a player. I'll, I'll, he's not mine, but uh, I'll give you that. It's, it's a good, solid, good shout. Jamie, um, who is your best ever right back in the Premier League is is Liverpool I feel a Liverpool
3: player might be coming in. No, 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 no. We can't we can't be calling Steve Fenham, one of the greatest honourable men in, in yeah. football. No, I, I you know if I'm if I'm gonna be truly honest, it's it's between two players. One is because you've got to recognise the career and the other one is because I actually really like the player. One Gary Neville. Not saying he was talented, but for what he did as a right back slot, in terms of you know the amount of honours he won at Manchester United, it's very hard not to have somebody like him in the conversation. I don't necessarily think he was tremendously gifted, but what he did do is he brought passion, he brought fucking hatred, he he galvanised that team, and he was a he was a leader of that club, that club for, for many seasons. And I always remember, I always remember the pictures of him um, celebrating celebrating a defensive tackle in front of the cop, proper beating the chest and uh, he, then getting bounced with a fucking light on his head for like a second later and he was rolling about like an absolute fairy. But he, he was that kind of, you kind of love to hate him. So, to have the career that he did with Manchester United, can't really go unnoticed. However, if I was to pick a favourite player, and I think I'll get you with this one, Mason, I love Devanovic. No. Branislav Ivanovic is an absolute no shit talking. He was just, he was brilliant. He was he was f- ultra physical. Um, he he ran through people. Um, he popped up with the odd wildy goal. Um, and 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 he he just he was the art of defending in terms of a in terms of sprinting back. Um, and also he got bet by Luis Suarez <laughs> like <laughs> fucking horrible. But he he also won everything pretty much with the Chelsea as well. He won leagues. He won the Champions League. I absolutely loved it. Ivanovic, he was always one of the guys I chucked into my fancy teams because he'd always get the assists on, on, on the corners. Um, but yeah, when you talk about people that you like, I was a big fan of Ivanovic, sure was. Yeah, no, you've, you've just took mine. uh, took
1: mine, uh <laughs> I, two out of two. two, two, two
3: <laughs> that's two out of two, mate. He
1: was, uh, no, Ivanovic was. Yeah, yeah, I think he had a spell the year. It was actually the year Chelsea lost the Champions League final against Man United. Um, he was PFA, he got in the PFA team of the year, but he was he was he came up with some big, big goals. Mm-hmm. Um, and nine major trophies won at Chelsea uh, when he was there. And uh, yeah, he was the stand up for me. I think Gary Neville's one you know, you, you have to mention uh, yeah. as well. But um, no, Ivanovic was he was a, he had everything, he had everything. So uh, good shout, good shout at that, that one. But um, all the stuff to do tonight, boys, is just. Great, thanks for coming on tonight, mate. And uh you know, we'll look forward to it again after the international break.
2: Yep, look forward to look forward to coming back and see what the chat is. Um bring on the kind of exciting end to the season for sure.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And and Jamie, thanks as well, mate, for, for coming on. And um, you know, Liverpool Man City is the one we'll be talking about next. So uh hopefully it I will. called
3: I called hopefully. it last time. I said Bournemouth. <laughs> Bottom, bottom table, uh, bottom, sorry, bottom of the league uh, team. Early kickoff Saturday. We're going to struggle to score. It's a twelve thirty kickoff Saturday the first. We're away to the Etihad. I'm going to go one each. So we'll be talking about that when we come back. Um, There's some interesting fixtures when the international uh, season when it um, obviously goes goes away. Um, We've got a big week, um, a lot of double fixtures. So I think there's. uh, and kind of something like 20 fixtures in the first four days of it being back. Um, so uh, we'll have definitely plenty to talk about. Um, and hopefully uh, we'll be saying that Liverpool are jump into the fourth spot after controlling Man City and probably handing Arsenal the league. <laughs> you
1: know what? Joe's got to the point now where I've actually come out and said it Man City, I, I actually want them tonight so <laughs> because <laughs> I'm tired to sit here long ago on. Like so I don't know, you know, I don't know, um, but it'll be uh, it'll be an interest, interesting one, gents. But uh, thanks for tonight, and again, thanks for everyone for listening. We'll be on with a Premier League show once the you know once the them fixtures um, are played and out of the way. Um, but as al- as always, take care